I could talk about the baptism at any time. It's good. I feel I mean, like I it's have, one of those episodes like, I like. I really know quite well. The one thing I always forget about this episode is that it really is split into two different parts. Yeah, there's like, a whole yeah, bit about the yeah. airport, which yeah. is okay. Actually, it's not very good. It's no, no. It's much better once they get to the baptism. And once they get to the baptism, it's great. So I really like that they start this episode with this conflict with Richard Lewis and the the phone message, which we actually don't get to hear. No, you don't get to hear it. I would um, really like to hear this phone message. But, but, I'm, I'm sure this so is that, on purpose. That, that's one of my notes. Is um, They've had the same phone message for seven years. Why is this coming up now? Yeah, and I like that Richard both Lewis... both had it for seven years. I like that Richard Lewis has to come over to Larry's office to like argue this out. Like This no, is that, pressing. That's like Lewis's whole character. Is he makes the biggest, most important things over like stupid little things that don't actually matter but like he always makes like huge confrontations like it's life or death to him because his parents died and he's an alcoholic so he needs this message right but like, but like they've both had the same message for seven years why why now that that drove me crazy and is it really that big a point of contention like do people actually like come up to him and be like you and larry david have the same message i know he claims it but he does it, but how many people call both of them come on it's a good point my only note before that that was my second note, was that Antoinette is not on the phone. I, had, I wrote that down, too. Antoinette so not time. on the phone. The first time. Definitely uh, the first time. That, then I got to the Lewis argument. So here's something that just was really confusing about that shady guy who Larry thinks follows him into the apartment, or the, the his office. Well, he doesn't think he follows him, and he thinks he steals the code and goes in later. I don't get this. Okay. Larry's office is very clearly on the second floor. That uh, door is on the front floor? So. Does that... Well, like, that's the door to the building. Okay, well, then you need a second key to get in his office. I assume it's like a shared office building. Yes. He does not have that whole building for himself, considering okay. he goes in like two hours a week and does nothing there. The, the whole entire logic. You're right. You're right. This guy saw the code and therefore stole the tickets. It's just no, terrible that, logic. It, it, it was terrible. Logic. I, I actually didn't even like that part because of how like not plausible that was. One thing I did really like was Larry's comment to Cheryl about the guy who he thought stole the tickets and then is a I wonder if he brought a date oh <laughs> just the idea of like someone stealing tickets and then asking like hey you want to go on a date on a flight to Monterey with me <laughs> it's a great date <laughs> fantastic like a blind date on a flight to Monterey when when was that was that on the car ride over he was he said that yeah there's a lot of great stuff that happens on the car ride over both car rides that car ride and the car ride to Monterey once they land are both great yeah Larry makes some great car noises uh, he's just the, like the consummate terrible car guest. Yeah, in almost every time he's in a car, he's showing that way. Uh, I like his comment about, have you ever had a fresh grape? I've never had a fresh grape. But Nor have I ever had a fresh pear. Isn't That's the second car ride, right? Which that is the second car ride. Yeah, I'm jumping ahead. Okay, so in the airport, mm -hmm. so the second guy he goes up to, mm -hmm. to accuse of being the ticket, um, one... He was in Seinfeld. This is another Curb Seinfeld paradox. He was the limo driver for Elaine when she doesn't want to talk to him and pretend she's deaf. And he catches her hearing when some celebrity comes over his radio. I forget who it was. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. You do, you said? I do know exactly what so you're talking he, about. So he is that guy. And actually, his, the actor's name is Chris Darga, which was the name of this character also. Because he said, to, he takes out his ticket, shows to Larry, and he's like, does it say your name? No, it says Chris Darger right here. It's my ticket. 
And I, I knew his name because as soon as I saw his face, I looked him up because I thought he was on Seinfeld. And then I saw his name and then they said his name. Good investigative work right there. Very, very good. That That is investigative podcasting right there. So as we said many times, we should keep a list. We're not. But there's going to be a, there's like a lot of these. Like we're probably at five already. That's the kind of investigative podcasting you don't hear on other shows. No. Other I, podcasts about shows that Larry David created. I don't think you do, actually. I'm just saying. Um, what no. did you think of those confrontations that Larry had? In the uh, I don't know. I, I didn't like him that much. I thought the, I thought the whole, like, ticket, like, that whole part, like, tickets getting stolen, he thinks they're stolen, he thinks he got, like, I thought that was all really far-fetched. Yeah, like, maybe I just don't remember what flying pre-9-11 was like. Is this even pre-9-11? See, okay, that's another good thing. Um, is this pre-9-11? I'm not sure. But, like, Seinfeld, the show Seinfeld and this, like, I always find, like, sitcoms, depictions of airports wildly unrealistic. Did you feel like, I, I felt like watching that airport scene that I've seen that airport set before in, like, every single sitcom. Like, that's a very generic airport set that they just use on lots of television shows. I just kind of kind of had that feeling. I didn't go back and do any investigative podcasting. Maybe. Um, that, that might be true. Um, so I also liked when Larry and Cheryl get there and they try to cut the line. The woman's like, no, 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 go to the back line, blah, blah, blah. And then it cuts them walking back. But you hear her say to the people in line, like, okay, so you guys are all set. Your flight doesn't even leave for an hour. <laughs> which is, just, And she, like, keeps talking. She's like, you're all set. And she, like, she recaps her tickets and their seats and everything. Like, it's completely, like, waste of time. Like, it's not need to be happening. The flight doesn't leave for an hour. But so I will note, uh, this episode aired on November 25th, 2001. Okay. And the season started in mid-September. So this, so this was definitely filmed before you know. 9-11. Yes. But the whole idea that, like, they can get to the gate without a ticket and someone can get on a plane without... I, I didn't think you could just get on a plane without getting your ID checked back in the uh, day. But maybe, I, you know... Wait, no, no, no. They, they don't check your ID to your ticket anymore. I mean, I sometimes I do. It might be... But most times I don't. Like, you need your ID and your ticket... Oh, to get through security, yes, but not to board the plane. Correct. So we're in the second car ride now. The second car ride. My favorite part is Larry talking about like what it means to be settled down. It's like yeah. we have a house and chairs. <laughs> We're settled down. Yeah. This, Who owns this... a house without chairs? <laughs> like every house has chairs. But uh, no, I, I like that. Like, what does it actually mean to be settled down? Larry raises a good point I, here. I do like that a lot. Like, it's not chairs. Like owning chairs does not mean you're settled <laughs> down. I'll, I'll tell you that. And I like Larry's comment about grape pie. He brings up another good point. Because it sounds disgusting. It does sound pretty gross. I, I don't want grape pie. I actually have one note, but I cannot remember what it means. Okay, go for it. You think you can figure it out if I read it to you? I bet I could. Here's the note. And I think, so it's Larry cover to Lewis. She wants to discuss this in person. This is when um, Larry, in the airport prior to the second car ride, uh, Larry calls Lewis to try to get Cheryl to be on his side about the message. Oh! And she refuses to talk to him. And then he just, like, covers with her <laughs> by saying, like, she just wants to talk in person. Oh, yes. Wow, that was good, that was good of you. Uh-huh. That was good. I didn't write that down, but I should have. <laughs> I th- yeah. I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah. She, I mean, well, she was she'll she'll talk. Moment. She'll talk to you in person. She wants. She wants she, to talk to you. She in person. wants to do it in person. Um, okay, back back to the car. Right? So chair settling down. Great pie. He makes more noises. I think. 
Yeah, he makes some really ridiculous noises. Some good Larry noises. Larry noises. He's he's pretty good at just making weird, funny sounds. I wonder if he actually does that in real life. That's a good question. It doesn't uh, seem like it really fits with his personality. I don't know. Well, but then we come to what I think might be my favorite scene of the entire season. It it might be. Um, well, not not the actual baptism scene. We're talking back in the house, right? No, I actually love the baptism scene. I like the scene in the, in the house, but I think the baptism scene is just like really well done. Just the way the like camera is framed. You only see the guy drowning him. You like instantly kind of know what's up. Larry is completely oblivious to the fact that it's a baptism. And then you see the whole family jump in the river. It's just such a scene and it's just horrifying. And then Larry goes over to Cheryl's parents and asks them how they're doing. Right. Like no care in the world for what's actually going on in the river. Um, I thought it was funny that the guy can't swim. So why are they doing this like in an open river when they could be doing it anywhere? Like, you know? I, I, I don't know. That's, that's a fantastic question. <laughs> like once he starts shifting away, Becky screams, he can't swim. And then later at the house, they talk about, oh, I can do this in a bathtub and do this glass of water. Like, why weren't they just doing that the first time? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. So I, I, you're, I mean, I guess that scene is good, but I, I still think back in the house is much better when he starts taking credit to the Jews. Like, they, they call him over. I mean, he's being modest at first because he actually didn't try to save him. And he's like, well, something had to be done. I mean, and then as they keep praising him, just, I, I feel good. I did a good thing. I mean, I really like how he just, he changes his opinion when he gets to see that people are praising him. People are speaking really Absolutely. nice to him. So Larry instantly goes on that side. Takes all the credit and goes to the Jew side. And then it's even like a good, like, like I like the scene. It's like both sides like approach each other and start screaming. And it's like all these stereotypical like Jews, like really Jewy looking people versus like the Christian side and yep. screaming at each other. I love the line that the one guy says, uh, I'd like you to talk at my my daughter's bat mitzvah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh out loud. Yeah. Probably actually, every time I've seen this episode. I want you to talk at my daughter's bat mitzvah. He's, he's good at making fun of Jews. Yep. Like he's, he's got that down. Like okay. maybe more than any comedy, comedian out there. Like, I can't think of anyone else who... It's like better at making like stereotypical Jew characters to and laugh. We're going to see a lot more of that in the next few seasons. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes. But we haven't been to Temple yet, which is always a good time we, on Curve. We have not been to Temple. Um, that was all I had for the baptism. Two more things. Um, oh, okay. Keep it up. I really like that Larry is just like driving back, blowing bubbles like nothing happened. Just, oh, just sitting the there in the car blowing, you know, blowing bubble gum bubbles. And I actually really like the ending. The way this the, the way this works at the end. Uh, That's true. I actually wrote that down. I did write it down too. I like the ending. And then it really switches back and forth, and that like everything is Cheryl's fault because she gave the homeless guy the jacket. And then it switches instantly back to Larry's fault because he messed up the phone message. I actually wrote down that it was both of their faults, but yeah, it, it does like go back like very quickly. It like swaps back to her and then to him. Very quickly goes back and forth, and I you know what I if I think back to it, I don't see it coming. The first time I saw this, I didn't really see that bit coming. That's true. And that but, actually ties together the whole phone message thing very well. Like a very good episode could have just ended with Larry blowing bubbles in the car. Yeah. Nothing happened. But no, this is curb, and that was good. The baptism. It was a good episode. Season 2, episode 9, in the books. <laughs>